Immigration Advocates Network podcast. Hello and welcome to our podcast interview with Laura Finkbeiner, Deputy Legal Director at the International Refugee Assistance Project, IREP. And we also welcome today Mark Doss, Equal Justice Works Fellow at IREP. My name is Abby Kruzmark, and I'm the AmeriCorps VISTA and Immigrant Youth Resources Coordinator at the Immigration Advocates Network. We invited Laura and Mark to talk with us today about their organization, IRAP, which works with refugees and how pro bono attorneys can get involved. Welcome to you both. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Laura Finkbeiner, and I am the Deputy Legal Director at IRAP. And I'm Mark Dawson. I'm the Equal Justice Works Fellow at IRAP and part of the legal team here. Thank you so much. So you're an organization that represents refugees. Why don't you start by giving us an overview of your work and why it's unique? So IREP is the first organization to provide comprehensive legal representation to refugees throughout the registration, protection, and resettlement processes. And we do that through a really vast pro bono network composed of uh, law students at 29 different chapters across the U.S. and Canada and uh, pro bono attorneys at over 60 law firms and multinational corporations across the world. And so what that means in practice is that we're providing direct legal representation to refugees who are still overseas. So many people may be familiar with the asylum process here in the U.S., in which asylum seekers who are in the territory of the United States can apply for asylum to stay here if they face persecution in their countries of origin. For most people in the world, to claim an asylum in the U.S. is really an impossible task because you have to reach the United States, and that means you have to either cross a land border or you have to have a visa to get on a plane. And to get a visa, you have to show significant ties to your home country. So that means having a well-paying job, having a family, having a lot of money in your bank account. Most refugees who are fleeing persecution and who have to leave everything behind aren't able to show those kinds of ties to their home country. And so most people are just sort of stuck in what we call uh, first countries of asylum. So these are usually neighboring countries like Jordan, Lebanon, and Turkey, where refugees are able to cross the border and seek refuge there, uh, but they may still face persecution in those countries or ongoing discrimination and harassment. And so what IREP does is provides legal assistance to those refugees who are in those second countries. Um, And we work specifically with the most vulnerable refugees. Um, Those often include LGBTI individuals, uh, women who who have been victims of sexual gender-based violence, uh, high-profile human rights activists, unaccompanied minors, um, because those people are still really struggling in those first countries of asylum and they need permanent resettlement to countries like the United States, Canada, and Europe in order to really begin their lives in safety and dignity. So IREP is the first organization that has provided legal representation remotely to that population. Thank you. Why don't you tell us more about your partnership with law schools? Sure. So law students are really the heart and soul of IRAP. We actually started as a group of law students at Yale Law School, um, and we were just a student group until we became independent in 2010. And since then, since being just sort of one small group at Yale Law School, we've blossomed into having 29 chapters at law schools across the country and in Canada. And um, 
I would say each of our chapters average about 10 to 20 students, and those students are trained every year to take on IRAP cases under the supervision of a pro bono attorney. And so they're getting direct hands-on experience working on cases, and they're able to um, really focus on providing excellent support and um, providing all the resources to an individual client. And not only are they providing this life-saving assistance, but um, we're also, part of our objective at IRAP is to train the next generation of refugee advocates. So these are people who, regardless of what they go on to do, will always be equipped with the skills that they learned when working with IRAP so that they're able to potentially do pro bono work later in their career or just advocate for refugees on a personal level. Great. So you mentioned that you got your start within a law school. Can you tell us more about how this project got started and got off the ground? Sure. So as I mentioned before, IRAP was started by a group of students at Yale Law School, each of whom had a direct connection to the first refugee crisis in Iraq. So um, one person had served with the U.S. Army in Iraq. Another person had been embedded with the Washington Post. And then our director, Becca Heller, had spent the summer volunteering in the Middle East. And at the end of her internship, she met with a group of Iraqi refugee families who are living in Jordan. And her goal behind these meetings was to organize some kind of food and clothing drive for the refugees because she figured she could be helpful in some manner. However, after going around and speaking with all these refugees, each of them, what they're asking for was actually a legal need. They were articulating that they had legal issues they needed help on. And as a law student, uh, Becca went back to Yale and thought, this is something I could potentially help with. So uh, together with these students, they founded IRAP as a student group. Um, luckily, they were very quickly told by the immigration professor that in order to provide legal assistance, they needed supervision from a licensed attorney. Uh, so they went out and recruited pro bono attorneys from local law firms in New Haven. And that's really how the model got born. And so from being that small student group in, in 2010, uh, we became independent we changed our name to the International Refugee Assistance Project from the Iraqi Refugee Assistance Project in 2015. And as I mentioned before, we have this vast network of law students of pro bono attorneys now working on cases. Um, since we were founded, we've provided legal assistance to over 10,000 refugees and help over 3,000 refugees resettle to the United States, Europe, and Canada. Thank you. And how do you find clients or how do they find you? There are a lot of different ways that um, we get in touch with clients. Um, oftentimes, it's word of mouth. If we're working with a client and um, they have a friend or family member in need, they will um, tell them and say, you should get in touch with IRAP. Um, friends and families of refugees in another country um, might get in touch with us on their behalf. Um, we work with many U.S.-affiliated Iraqis and Afghans who um, worked on behalf of the U.S. government and are now eligible for a special immigrant visa program. And so the U.S. supervisor might get in touch um, with us um, to provide legal assistance for their clients. And as Laura mentioned earlier, we have offices um, in Lebanon and Jordan where we have uh, staff there who have um, agreements and partnerships with um, local NGOs and community-based organizations um, who might be providing other types of assistance, such as uh, medical or social uh, uh, assistance. And so if they have someone that they're working with that they find to be particularly vulnerable and in need of legal assistance, 
um, they will also just refer them to us. Um, and then oftentimes um, people get in touch with us by um, finding our website and then emailing us um, on our email hotline, which we have um, full-time staff um, working on. And so that's info at refugeerights.org. And um, the staff is bilingual and can um, uh, talk to someone about their, their uh, case, and we can um, set up uh, a time for an intake volunteer to also go through the case and see if we can provide assistance. So um, there's a lot of different ways um, to find out about us or to get in touch, and um, we always take case referrals. And so if um, you uh, know someone who might need legal assistance through the refugee process or you yourself need legal assistance, you can just email info at refugeerights.org, and we'd be um, happy to get in touch with you and talk about your case. Great. Thank you, Mark. Um, you mentioned that you have staff in Lebanon and Jordan. Are your services uh, confined to those areas, or what other parts of the world do you serve? No, yeah. So we, uh, we have on-the-ground offices there, but um, we work with clients from all around the world. Um, we've provided legal counseling to refugees in 34 different countries. Um, Laura mentioned that our, our name, IRAP, used to be the Iraqi Refugee Assistance Project, and it's changed to the International Refugee Assistance Project because um, our scope truly is global. Um, we have clients um, of varying nationalities, um, so clients who are uh, Syrian, Afghan, Iraqi, Sudanese, Somali, um, Pakistani, just to name a few, and our clients are located in um, many different countries, um, Obviously, Jordan and Lebanon, where our offices are, but also um, Turkey, uh, Egypt, um, also Malaysia. So we really are global and um, work with refugees um, wherever they are. And given that your clients are so spread out around the globe, how do you interact with these clients? Yeah, that's um, one of the amazing things about um, kind of our, our, our work is that it's um, regardless of where you are and where your attorney is, um, you can get in touch um, and represent your client remotely. So everything is done um, kind of virtually. So um, through emailing, through Skype or Viber or WhatsApp, um, phone calls, uh, you don't actually, uh, in representing your client, have to be in the same location that they are. Many of, much of the process is um, document-based. And so um, if you are an attorney in California, you might be working with law students uh, in New York, and your client um, who is Syrian might be in Lebanon. And so everyone is in a different place, but it really works um, seamlessly because it's all done um, through virtual communication. Um, and many of our clients are very tech savvy, and so they're um, great with email, with um, messaging services, um, with uh, phone calls through Skype. And so uh, it's really incredible that people from many different parts of the world can come together to represent um, a case moving forward. And why don't you tell us about what happens when a refugee receives a positive outcome? What happens next? That's really the, the best part of the case and um, what we look forward to so much and kind of what um, keeps us going in this work. But um, that is when a positive outcome is when a refugee safely arrives in a third country where 
they can begin their life in peace again. Um, we have um, refugees who have been resettled to nine different countries. Um, many of them come to the U.S., which accepts the most number of refugees um, around the world. Um, but we have uh, clients who have been resettled to Australia, Canada, Canada different countries in Europe. Um, and it's really amazing um, for a client to finally um, be free from persecution um, where they can have access to um, quality education, health care, um, a pathway to residency. They're no longer um, kind of unstable and um, fleeing for their lives. They are finally able to begin a new life, um, one in peace and safety. And, and um, our legal teams oftentimes are able to uh, meet their clients sometimes when, when they finally arrive to safety. And that's just such a wonderful meeting, too, because they've been communicating remotely this whole time, and then they finally get to meet them in person um, here in safety. And it's um, just the most rewarding aspect of our work, and obviously for our clients, it's just uh, life-saving. Thank you. Um, now let's talk about if there are practice advisories or other resources on this area of law. There's really not that much out there, to be completely honest with you. Um, IRAP's, the scope of IRAP's work encompasses both international refugee law and also U.S. immigration law. And so, um, you know, the Immigration Nationality Act often governs in our cases. Um, there are uh, other resources that are sort of available online but are not um, sort of complete. A lot of the procedural aspects of this work are unwritten. Um, so although the agencies are aware of the procedure, um, you can't find that kind of information online. And so while some information, if you're, if you're able to navigate the Internet well, while some information is available, um, a lot of it is, is not really available publicly anywhere. Thank you. So why don't you tell us about your IRAP primer, given that a lot of the information is ambiguous? Yeah, so we wrote the IRAP primer to solve this issue, basically, and it's a resource that's available to all of our legal teams. We update it every year. Um, it's grown in size to be over 1,100 pages. Uh, I always remind people that the table of contents is hyperlinked so that you can skip to the section you need. Um, it's really a reference guide for our legal teams, and it goes over all of the applicable law. It fills in a lot of the gaps that are not available online based on our, uh, now it's eight years of experience doing this work um, so that you're able to sort of best advise your client on what to expect in the process. And not only that, but we also include sample submissions for legal teams to use uh, as reference when they're drafting their own documents on behalf of their clients. So it's a really great, amazing resource um, for the legal teams to use. Um, in addition to the fact that we provide guidance throughout the process for every single legal team. Um, that's what our legal staff in New York is really dedicated to doing. We are often answering emails or on the phone with legal teams and answering questions as they come up. Great. So now let's move into some steps our listeners can take. What role do attorney volunteers play at IRAP? A huge role. And we um, could not do our work without attorney volunteers. Um, we're a relatively small staff at IRAP. Um, between our different offices, we have about um, 20 people. But we um, have 
you know, over 600 active cases. And so there's no way that we can do that by ourselves. Uh, we extensively rely on uh, attorney volunteers um, to uh, represent refugees um, in their um, proceedings. And uh, it's just invaluable work. Um, we have a network of over 1,000 volunteers. Uh, you're interested in representing a refugee, taking on a case, you can email us again on our uh, info at hotline, info at refugeerights.org, to get uh, more information about what it um, takes to represent the case. If you want to get connected with a law school and kind of um, supervise law students on working on a case, or even just doing one independently, we'd be happy to speak with you about um, getting involved um, because without attorney volunteers, our work wouldn't be possible. And that's why um, we work with already over 60 different um, law firms and corporations, as well as many solo practitioners. And so we really do encourage attorney volunteers to get in touch with us um, because uh, attorney volunteers are integral to um, the success of our clients' cases. Great. And on the other hand, how can a law school sign up? Um, law school also um, can sign up through info at refugeerights.org, and we're actually launching a new website soon, refugeerights.org, where we'll have um, kind of a dedicated space for law schools to get more information and sign up. We already have 29 chapters, and it continues to grow. And as Laura said earlier, they're the heart and soul. Uh, you know, we were started through a law school chapter, and so having law school students um, do this is really great because, one, it gives them kind of hands-on experience with working with clients, which oftentimes might be hard to get, um, especially in your first year of law school, uh, and um, just gives you a, a real meaningful connection to a client and to an incredibly life-saving representation. And so law schools and, and law students who are interested should, again, um, check out our website or email us at info at refugeerights.org. Thank you. And in closing, why don't you highlight a story of someone helped by IRAP? Sure. So actually, I was, when I was thinking about what story I'd like to talk about, um, it just came to my mind that I'd like to talk about our most recent success story because we had a client res, uh, arrive in the United States last week. And it's a pretty remarkable case. Um, this client is uh, a transgender man um, who has been a human rights activist in his home country in the Middle East. Um, I'm not going to name the country or his name, obviously, for, for safety reasons. Um, but we became aware of his case, and um, because of his transgender identity, it was actually impossible for him to leave his home country and flee to a neighboring country to seek refugee status at the United Nations. Um, he couldn't travel on his documents because his documents didn't match his gender expression, and it would have been potentially life-threatening him for, for him to try and cross a border. And so for these cases, normally refugees have to be outside of their country in order to seek resettlement to another country. But for these really extraordinary, exceptional cases, um, we have worked with the U.S. Embassy to make direct referrals to the United States for resettlement um, because the person can't actually leave their country. They're actually in such danger and are so heavily persecuted that they can't leave their country. And so after extensive advocacy on our part, um, the case was referred to the United States. And um, after facing really, really severe 
abuse at the hands of his community members and his family, uh, he was able to resettle to the United States uh, last week where he'll be able to start his new life and um, obtain medical treatment that he's always wanted. And the most amazing thing about this case is that the case was actually originally inferred by a former client who was also a transgender activist. And um, this client that was resettled last week was resettled to the same area as our former client, and they've already actually met in person. And so that was a pretty amazing thing to see that they were able to connect. And, and I know that he'll be a mentor for him as he begins his new life here. Well, thank you so much to you both. This has been Laura Fink. Finer and Mark Doss with IRAP, and we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.